Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Right, Emily, do you want to kick us off? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're, <laughs> Welcome not, you're along. not ready for that yet. Uh, <laughs> you're still the intern. <laughs> Welcome along, everybody, to the Cold Popsha podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm joined by my friends Richard and Emily. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> um, so, today on the podcast, well, first, first of all, first of all, how are you guys? <laughs> I'm uh, good. I'm all right. I've got a bit of a, a sore throat. Oh, no. How are you, Emily? Is your is your throat sore? My throat's fine. Oh. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I Do- mean, he dies. How oh. do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is our podcast, and today on the show, um, we thought we'd do something um, a little bit interesting. An idea, which I was thinking about it. This could just be a podcast. This the concept we're doing today could just be a podcast. Yeah. Um, and but it's not. Instead, we're gonna <laughs> blow it all on an hour of content for you today. Uh, and this concept is, um, I think the episode's gonna be called something like short films versus versus their feature film adaptation. Ooh, rolls off the tongue. Well, you think of a better way to word it. No, <laughs> Richard, do you have any suggestions for a title? Um, from short to feature. Mm. The cargo like- whiplash and yes, God, yes story. <laughs> <laughs> so what what we're basically doing is uh, you might not necessarily know this, but a lot of feature films actually begin their life as a short film. A short film gets made, and then the same, usually the same people get funding to then make a longer version of that short film. Um, it's happened with the likes of Taika Waititi with uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I found out this week that Napoleon Dynamite was originally a short film. I found all these out because we told everyone the films we were going to do and were then inundated with suggestions of <laughs> well, other films. You should have done should this. Do. Why are you doing yeah. this one? It's like, look, we just Good chose ones. three. Uh, get over it and maybe <laughs> we'll, um, you know, because this is like a pretty loose format like in you know a few Mm. months time we could just choose three more and do them yeah let's do a part two if this one goes well um so the films we did choose i think are pretty interesting because they're all they all say something different about this process of short film to Mm. feature film um so as richard said before the films we are looking at are uh yes god yes which the short film came out in 2017 i don't have any notes in front of me (laughs) and the feature film came out this week in 2020 uh which is why we decided to do this podcast because i wanted an excuse to watch that film yeah because aj Um, has this weird thing about watching movies where he doesn't actually like doing it (laughs) No, I, if I'm going to watch a movie, it has to be for the podcast or it has to be like a new release and I'm I'm going to the cinemas wow, to see it. this has ruined your life, hasn't it? It's yeah. ruined my life. Because we were talking Absolutely. about like, oh, what's like an easy kind of podcast we can do this week? And he's like, oh, we should do shorts because I want to watch this. And I was like, you could just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody have who directed Yes, God, Yes? In uh, Karen Mayne. Karen Main. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Whiplash, which was a 2012 short film, um, and of course the Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning, yes, Oscar-winning, yeah, one Oscar. J.K. Simmons, um, uh, 2015 film by Damien Chazelle. 2014. And we're also going to be talking about Cargo, which is a 2013 short film mm-hmm. yep. and a 2017. 20- yeah. Uh, feature film they're all except with the exception of whiplash i feel like they're all pretty um 
there may be slightly obscure picks, like slightly off center of the kind of broad pop culture that we cover on this podcast. Well, yeah, it's it's going off like what one that like came out this week, one mm. that you know it was was actually won the Cop Popshire Oscars for best film of the twenty oh, tens, and one that you just have this personal connection to with Cargo. Well, okay, I'll, we'll get to, let's let's start with Cargo, but just quickly, uh, watch these films. At least watch the short films. They're all on YouTube. I'll link to them in the show notes. Um, we will be talking in spoilers, uh, but I'd recommend watching all of them if you haven't seen them. Um, mm. We don't, you know, we don't make you watch the movies every week, so you can. And, and also, like the, the shorts, um, especially like starting with Cargo, the the short is the entire film with just stuff injected into it. So it's like if you mm. watch this what how how long is it like five seven minutes something like that um you have the the beginning middle and end of the film Mm. um but there's a lot of stuff inserted in there so it's like we're not spoiling the film for you if you've seen the short yeah and who directed cargo it was uh ben howling and yolanda ramke yeah that's right yeah so cargo was (laughs) one of the films one of the short films i wanted to cover because um when i first saw the short film years and years ago I thought it was a very simple, clean. It's it's a cool yeah. film. I don't know. It's I don't, I'm not blown away by it, but it's a it's a cool idea. Um, that is cool because it's the very nature of it doesn't need to be any longer. Yeah. Than the ten minute film. Do we want to say what the the plot is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Emily, would you like to recount the plot of Cargo for us? Sure. First off, it's set in Australia. Well, no, the short film. It's almost. Is it entirely silent until I you, think I think you hear hints of an Australian accent yeah. from the main yeah. guy. But anyway, it's 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 sort of a, a classified as a zombie film, I'd mm-hmm. say, and it's just about a man who wakes up from being in a car crash. Uh, his wife next to him has, has died, and his child's in the back seat. He then finds out that he's been bitten. Because his wife is a zombie as yeah, well. Yeah, by his wife who's sitting in, who who died. Mm-hmm. And it goes through him, you know, we all know the rules of zombie films. Yeah. Um, he's been bitten, so he's got a short amount of time. Um, and it's a really clever little, like, window into a full zombie mm. story yeah, of, yeah. of what a guy does when he's been bitten. He has a infant baby that he has to protect. An infant baby. An infant baby. <laughs> a baby a baby. Pa- yeah. <laughs> Not an adult baby. A fully like grown baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he's got a he's got a map, he's got his infant baby, <laughs> and he's got not a lot of time. So it's a clever little thing where he um, figures out a little contraption with his baby backpack, yeah. uh, a balloon to keep the baby quiet, and a stick with some meat on it so that when he does turn... He's always like a dangling carrot kind of thing. That he's yeah, like, yeah, after. yeah. Dangly it's a dangling carrot. carrot. That's it. So it's a clever little window into should... like an already established genre mm. that we all know. They yeah. should rename it dangly carrot. Dangly carrot. Dangly seed. <laughs> so it's worth mentioning as well. So this this was made for the Tropfest short mm. film festival. Uh, I was a finalist there, and then it kind of just managed to go viral on YouTube. Um, yeah. And so this is because. Uh, the the three films we're talking about all kind of have like different stories from like where the short came from and then how that was adapted into a film um and this one is like yeah you have a short film it's a seven minute long story and mm. seven minutes worth of things happen in that story it starts <laughs> yeah. it, it 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 climaxes then it finishes you know um yeah. and I'm not sure if it was like if this was an idea that the directors had where they were like, oh man, if we if only we could make our feature film, but um, well, we, there's this short film competition. If we cut out this and this, we could fit it into seven minutes. Um, I'm pretty sure they had the first one. They had the they had the short film first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, let's develop it. Right. So yeah, it that's what it seems like. Yeah. Feature. But um, yeah. but yeah, where like it was some studio or like they they took it to a studio where they mm. there was a lot of um buzz around the short and they said let's turn this into a feature so uh, like it doesn't from what i understand it it was this one wasn't like ready to become a, f- a feature yeah. film when it was made I think as a it short was only right. sort of thought of in expanding it into a feature once it became viral yeah which, and so which, viral mm, zombies um mm. and then aj <laughs> do you want to talk about like what 
the film, the feature film ads. Yeah, okay. Plot. So the the because I remember when I first saw the trailer, I first saw the title, um, Martin Freeman to star in an Australian zombie movie car- Cargo <laughs> on Reddit or something, and I was like, car- I've seen this film, yeah. and I was, and I, the first thought I had was, why the hell would you turn this simple, clean little short film yeah. into a feature film. Um, and so what it adds, I mean, it adds Martin Freeman in the main role, who <laughs> yeah. is always a joy to watch. I love I love Martin Freeman. Yeah. He's such a good actor. And I went watching him in this, it's just like, God, you even you give your all. You give your all, yeah. even in these like little indie pieces, which yeah. is so cool. I actually started watching Fargo again from the beginning, <laughs> just because oh, I, need some, I need a bit more. So yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it sort of expands the story to... Um, there's a little bit before the the crash, so you see the wife get bitten. Um, you see they're living on a houseboat. Yeah, they live on a houseboat. There's this whole a whole like establishes their life living in the outback. It also adds a little Aborigine girl mm-hmm. um, living in the outback, and she uh, joins Martin Freeman on his journey to deliver his baby somewhere safe. Yeah. Um, and. The, it's sort of it has the classic <laughs> zombie movie trope as well of like finding refuge and then the guy yeah. that runs the refuge is actually evil yeah. and like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. yeah it really just sinks into those tropes and the feature just really just yeah. finds a little comfy little spot and just <laughs> yeah and, and and one weird thing and that the movie adds that i don't remember from the short is that like when you turn your eyes and mouth like leak honey yeah Yuck goo. Mm. Yeah. yeah, what was that like about? A tree sap. Yeah, uh, yeah. I it, yeah it, was it, cool. it is. I guess it's supposed to be like a tree sap, but it looks like honey. Mm. And there's a bit because the first time you see it is when um, the wife's already been bitten and they're trying to find a getaway car or you know, yeah. some kind of vehicle to get it to because they think they can still get her to a hospital at this point. And so she's in the car and with the baby, and he's putting gas in the car. And she notices on the seat that there's this honey. And I was like, oh, my God, the car's filled with bees. What are they going to do? <laughs> and I was like, what a weird, like, but, you know, exciting. It's not just a zombie threat. And then it turns out it was just a zombie Killer threat. Killer bees. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, it, it adds, and it's very video gamey in how it yeah, plays the story. Because it's less, it's less of an organic, unraveling narrative and more like we've got to put three... 40 minute obstacles between the start of the short film and the end of the short yeah, film. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, um, the, uh, yeah, like the, the way the, the Aboriginal stuff is because I kind of found that the most interesting. And it's one of those things that maybe if this film, if it hadn't been based on a short, I probably would have liked it more because it had that interesting, like Aboriginal stuff laid in, but it mm-hmm. felt so added. Like, yeah. and it's, I'm not even talking about like from a forced diversity perspective or anything like that. It's just like <laughs> something we hate here. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I know that like the story exists in a really pure, concise form. Exactly. And, then, yeah, yeah. and so anything more than that, it's like, okay, I can understand um, stuff before the car crash. It's like, that makes sense. That's like organic. But then yeah. this other stuff, it feels so like left field. And it's almost like, like if you're using the video game metaphor, it's like, you know you you just randomly play as another character um every now and then and you like so you, you go in it's like oh your wife gets been cut to black and then you're this random aboriginal girl and you do like a a little fetch quest yeah and yeah. then you don't understand until the very end of the game or like you know the, the the start of the third act why that one is there and that's oh they they link up together um yeah. but at the same time i also like yeah found that stuff most interesting because it was like a fresh perspective on the zombie genre and and because cargo for all its simplicity and especially like a lot of stuff they added to um you know padded out to a feature film is very tropey and so it was cool to see this kind of more like yeah of the earth um you know aboriginal kind of take on this pandemic yeah Yeah. and they and like the way they told their story was pretty like they like us you looking up the directors you know they're both white people <laughs> so mm. it's like they tread very lightly with it and i think they did a good job with it because like i think that is the strongest part of their feature mm. like mm. yeah the, the thing that's not based on the award yeah because short like film. because the the short film when they're uh you know as you said padding it into a feature that short film concepts and themes just feel kind of watered down. Yeah. So the added um, stuff with the Aboriginal people was like, it was cool to see 
like how in a in a zombie dystopia the ones that are thriving mm. are the people who are already in touch in tune with the earth and stuff yeah, like that yeah and like and it's like, the people like who are, why do we need a white man to yeah. be out inside of the story like just give me an aboriginal zombie movie like that i yeah. that's so much mm. more fascinating it's such an interesting takeaway from this because I do I do like the feature film. I feel like yeah. you guys aren't as aren't as hot on it as I am. Um, just because it's a Martin Freeman zombie <laughs> movie with badass Aboriginal characters, so it's like this is there is enough here for me to be like yeah. removed from it as a short film. Yeah. It's a cool film, um, but yeah, it doesn't. That when with my first thought when I first saw that trailer being. How are they going to turn such a designed for a short film idea into a feature film? They didn't win me over. They didn't make me go, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's, sure. there's actually quite a bit of difference because the the stuff with... So to me, the crux of the short film is that um, really kind of... If it was more famous, I'd call it iconic imagery of mm. this zombie walking with a, with a pole out in front of him with the dangly meat and his baby on the back with the balloon. Like there's yeah. a yeah. there's a balance to that image from from like the profile, right? It's, yeah, it's and, and, that, this, and like a silhouette of that is like the, the poster, yeah. The silhouette, exactly. That feels like that is um, the, the idea with which the story is built. Someone thought of that and based a short film around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the movie, what ha- that does that part doesn't even happen till the end. Yeah. And what it actually is is that um, the girl has broken her leg or has hurt her leg, so she can't carry the yeah. baby. So he has to carry both of them. And it ends with the meat dangling in front of him, and there's no balloon behind him. And I was like, that's a shame. Mm. That's <laughs> yeah. a, that's such a cool image. Yeah. Of and it, it's it represents the like the old ways and the new way you yeah. know like we once had balloons but now we're just looking we at have death flesh and, yeah, yeah yeah um and so they took that out of it and it's like again if you hadn't seen the short film which I you're probably not supposed to have seen it if you're watching this because <laughs> the that part I could imagine being really cool if you hadn't already seen yeah a better version I, I think it. um yeah it's interesting because. And I know that this isn't like how Hollywood works, but it feels like, you know, like if they had this cool idea for like the Aboriginal um, zombie film, but it's like, why not just you'd be like, hey, we made this short film and like set in the same universe kind of thing or like, like, you know, proof of concept. We can make zombie films set in Australia. Like, look at this short. Mm. We also have this idea. Can we make that rather than being like, oh, we're going to just make this perfect little short longer um and then and then we'll also just wedge this in there um yeah. and it kind of like knowing when i was watching the short because i because we you and i watched the short years ago i remember you showing mm-hmm. it to me and being like oh martin freeman's gonna be in a movie of this um <laughs> but like yeah watching the short there was it it took away from it a little bit knowing like god how are they gonna flesh this out and then watching the film it took away from it being like this is so it just felt so long i watched it this morning right. and i was like and it just it went on and on and on and when i was like finally this feels like the start of the third act it's still like well like it felt felt like this is the end of the film it was still like 25 minutes to go and I, and it, it was just it was just torturous to watch because i was like was that at the riverboat family the the family that was at the river yeah 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 because at that point it's like Oh yeah, and this is where we get the balloon, and this is where we get the ball right. rolling on the iconic yeah, yeah. imagery, and then instead uh, people shoot themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> yeah, and I mean maybe that's intentional. Maybe yeah. it wants you to have seen the short film, I guess. But to to co- sort of round up the cargo section of the um, discussion, the cargo bay of the discussion. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting because it'd be cool to have these neat little different examples of what happens when you turn a short film into yeah. a feature. And Cargo is like, this is what happens when you turn a short film that doesn't need to be a feature into a feature, which it would be if there wasn't that really cool other angle. On, on I would say that's that. definitely what it is, though. Like, Fair enough. If, if, yeah. I guess it's just not a... I wouldn't call it a bad movie, though. Uh, yeah, but yeah, sure. But it's not like... It is... This movie is better in seven minutes. You know, yeah. like it, it, this mm-hmm. is what happens when I mean, because it's because it's a reasonably well reviewed film, from what I understand. Yeah, like, yeah. What was it that? Is, yeah. Tomatoes? Still on Netflix, I guess. Mm. It's twenty seventeen. It came out. And, yeah. 
Netflix just remove all movies that yeah. are bad. Yeah, after. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no you've got 88% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh. So it's like, it, it generally is considered like a good movie. But yeah. Um, yeah you can almost I, um, always yeah. like get a good movie out of uh, like an Australian funded thing as well. Like, yeah. I found it's just like, we all if, love if a it's good made Aussie in film. the outback <laughs> and like you get some all right actors, it's pretty good, even yeah. if it's bad. Okay. Oh, it's like even almost, if it's bad, it's good. It's like a seal of Especially of the bad made. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess for, uh, we'll, we'll move on, but for me, <laughs> if Martin Freeman wasn't in it, I think that Rotten Tomatoes score would be a lot, a lot lower because he's so compelling in this and in other things. All right. <laughs> so why, what film should we talk about next? Uh, mm. Let's go Whiplash, and then we'll, we'll build up to... Uh... Sweet, the, the newer film. The newest so film. We've got to get yeah, got to yeah. stick around to, to see the week's big release. Um, <laughs> so Whiplash, uh, yeah, we've spoken about it a few times on the podcast. It's um, the the feature film is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it won, it famously won Best Picture at the Cole Popsha Best of the Twenty Tens, much to AJ's chagrin. Yeah, that doesn't feel like an AJ film. It's, I like it. I think for, it's a great film, but but one. it's more that. Mad Max Fury Road is clearly the Ooh. film of the 2010s. Uh, I think it's Whiplash. Um, so <laughs> We're not here to discuss this. This is not the purpose of this episode. Um, so yeah, Whiplash is about a, an ambitious jazz drummer uh, named Andrew Naiman um, who, you know, who enrolls at Schaefer Jazz School and he ends up getting into the... Um, the kind of studio band, uh, which is headed by a the um, what's the word conductor, um, Terence Fletcher, played by Jacob Simmons, who won an Oscar for the role. Um, and then there's also like a romance story, and then there's the storyline with his dad, um, and ends up coming to a head where um, well, the the crux of the film. I don't think we necessarily need to talk about the ending of whiplash unless it comes up i guess but the crux of the film is that terence fletcher is like a super hardcore he's like a drill sergeant yeah he's like yeah. a drill sergeant and, but, and, so and it, the it, film is it plays out like a sports movie sure yeah. yeah um so that's the feature film the the short film the short film is um and it's actually because this is like an interesting thing about um the the different ways that things became uh went from short to feature Damien Chazelle wrote the full script um, for the feature film and couldn't get funding for it. So what he did was he took one scene, which is about 18 minutes long, um, from the his feature film script and then just made that as a short film on a much smaller budget. And then it did um, very well at um, Sundance. Uh, yeah, that's Sundance. Um, and then uh, investors got interested and he was able to produce the completed, like the full script. But it was a weird thing then because it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars, right. even though it was it wasn't adapted from anything you know like mm. it was just because like it, it was a full script and then he made one scene of it and then so the full script is based on that one scene which existed first but anyway um what the, the oscars being finicky and weird <laughs> about dumb rules um but yeah so it's the scene if you've seen the movie um it's like his first day in studio band so yeah. it's just from when he comes in he has to tune the, the set up until the full like rushing or dragging um yeah discussion uh and it's also it doesn't start <laughs> discussion yeah um it stars johnny simmons as um Naaman, um mm -hmm. who no relation to jk simmons um but he you might know him as young neil from scott pilgrim vs the world oh of course and he is it's miles teller in the feature film. yeah exactly um so what's oh, yeah. interesting about this i'm surprised it did well as a short film because this is not a short film. This is a proof of concept. It literally is. I'm not just being colourful with not my language. Like, that's what it is, right? It, it just is a proof of concept. Because what struck me about it is I, I, I've seen Whiplash, the feature film, once in the movies. I don't really remember it. So I watched the short film and it's it's like... It's very. It doesn't really have an arc that wraps up. It's not. It's not. It doesn't come full circle. I. I can't for the life of me pick up on the narrative thread that justifies it being a short film. 
And then when you watch the feature film, that small section of the film that the short film is, it's insane how identical it is. Like the shots are the same. The, the lines are uh, verbatim. Like they haven't changed the script at all, but (laughs) even like the, the nuances in the acting is exactly the same. Like there's, he's counting um, Andrew in. So he's like one, two, three, four. And Andrew does it too fast. And he goes, Whoop, nope, nope. Sorry. I'm, you know, on my time. Yeah. And that happens exactly the same in both the short and the feature. And it's, I don't know if it's useful for a discussion about short films being turned into feature films, but it certainly is an interesting insight into what might look like spur of the moment improvised acting. That's actually like meticulously planned and crafted and rehearsed and done over and over again. Well, it's interesting you you say that because um, I had seen the short film like you know years ago when it when whiplash first came out i was like oh, yeah, and, and watched it and, and sort of do the same kind of things but yeah it's just like a low budget the lighting isn't as good the yeah. the the set isn't as uh, as meticulous but um it's uh, it's interesting because because jk summer's performance up until he like he snaps um he's much better in the movie i thought um mm-hmm. and it's like jk simmons is a, a fucking incredible actor he he brings it to every single thing he's in but it is um, a very interesting insight into like how different a performance can be in just in, in microscopic ways. Uh, mm. When you know the movie of Whiplash, so much of the production of that on set and the pre-production um, would have been into crafting this character of Terence Fletcher and making yeah. and you know forming an Oscar-winning role but then on a short film this it feels like there'd probably be a lot more to think about and it's like you you just you know you need to get it done and so when it's kind of just like yeah you come in and you go yep cool one two three that it doesn't feel as fully realized as a character but when mm. you're doing this for like to the film was shot mm. in like just under three weeks when you're doing this for for three weeks every day playing this character and you've got a full script um and you know and you're doing scenes every day to really get to know this character those little bits where it's just yet yeah, one two three oh you know how, how we've got a we've got a squeaker here today like yeah. they feel a lot more lived in yeah and i'd say as well as like the short film feels like say i don't know how much if we have the budget for the short film but say it's like 10 grand right yeah yeah most of that goes to hiring jk simmons yeah right the the budget of the short film is spent on jk simmons if we yeah. can get one at the time probably c-list actor in our film who's somewhat <laughs> recognizable let's get jk simmons the guy from spider-man yeah. um and then the, the voice film. of the yellow eminem <laughs> <laughs> it was john goodman it used to be john goodman know, voice yeah, of the yellow yeah. eminem. Um, and, uh, and then, then, yeah, as you say, the feature film is like, right now we've got a bigger budget. Let's win a, well, let's win a fucking Oscar. Yeah, yeah, now let's get fucking Miles Teller. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Miles From- Teller, who, um, you made a joke recently on our, on our Fright Night episode, Richard, where you said that casting Christopher Mintz Plass in a movie is a very 2011 thing to do. Yeah. Casting Miles Teller <laughs> is a very 2015 thing to do. 2014. Well, 2014, 2015. 24. Um, <laughs> well, he was, yeah, he was in Fantastic Four. 2015. But you, I'm just, I, you said, well, it was 2015 before, and I corrected you, but it didn't sound oh. like you hear me. Um, I didn't, because I saw it in 2015, and that's all that matters <laughs> yeah. to me. Um, I've been writing it as Whiplash 2015 everywhere. <laughs> on, on the tweet I did, on Discord. I'm surprised you're not in jail, mate. Yeah, yeah, I should be going to jail. Ruthless. Can someone please um, Terence Fletcher me right now about getting? <laughs> well, the some... language is too problematic. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's also very 2014. What? Um, yeah, but at the same time, like I, I actually watched a really interesting video this morning that was a um, it was a review of Whiplash by a jazz musician, um, mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of stuff. These like this is some stuff that they got like that that's that's right this is some stuff that's like almost there and then this is some stuff that's like quite wrong and and this is some stuff that's like really wrong and um the homophobic slurs the like the (laughs) vague misogyny um he said like yeah like it's unfortunate but like (laughs) it's unfortunate obviously but what is is, what does milking the cunt mean i i i I found out the answer to that because i (laughs) because it's always bugged me in the movie but i'll get um but yeah he's just said like 
it's unfortunate but there's a very specific type of person you meet in these circles who are like you know the old school kind of guys um and it's really um yeah it's, it's, it's like a really good portrayal of that kind of thing but like you know turn up to 11 a little bit but you mentioned your yeah, milk the cunt um so <laughs> which for context um <laughs> which it probably needs yeah is it's something the lead many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's one of the best Yeah, he yells out just before they set up their instruments yeah so well so, so it comes in naaman's the first person in there and this happens in the movie like in the movie and in the short film um so we can talk about it <laughs> yeah, but um but just just saying that it's, it's, it's i always thought this is weird i've always meant to look this up in the movie but um yeah so naaman comes in the and he's kind of just like ob- observing the room by himself and then the drummer comes in and says tune my my kit to be flat and then so name he like you know, sheepishly goes um sorry can i get a b flat from the piano and he gets it and then he goes oh, one, more, one more time and then so he's very sheepish and then everyone sort of starts getting ready and then one guy like screams milk the cunt <laughs> and then um and then everyone kind of like gets ready and then uh jack simmons walks in and so i always thought i'd like misheard it and it's like Here's the cunt kind of laser like, saying like, "Oh, Terence Finch is a ma- massive cunt." But I, I was like, I, I, I couldn't. Obviously, not his, but like, milk must be in this context is like the cunt is like on the other side of the door, you know, like he's right. calling. But um, what it actually is is that um, it's supposed to show uh, the juxtapose what Naaman was doing before, like sheepishly asking for the um, for the the key um, because milk the cunt is um saying play a middle c so that everyone can tune to that and so it's like your name comes in and goes oh can i please get a b flat and this guy just you know <laughs> confidently screams milk the cunt and yeah. everyone in the room knows what it means and is able to get their instruments in tune interesting yeah i, I don't like, i still don't quite understand it's <laughs> because it's a big brass and you know they're yeah. big band and they all need to tune to a certain key so the guy says milk the cunt as slang for player play a middle c, c yeah. no ah uh, oh, okay so middle everyone c. can go oh i hear the middle c does my instrument sound like that yeah yeah we're ready to go cool but i do prefer hey jk simpson's coming the cunt's coming milk <laughs> <Yeah>. that cunt <laughs> milk that cunt milk that cunt for compliments i need validation yeah. from terence fletcher um Anyway, probably the most times we've ever said cunt on a podcast. <laughs> Won't be the if we can beat this record next week on our Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Pirates of the cunt. Um, <laughs> oh my god. The other C word. Um, <laughs> but it's it's funny how much we you spend thinking about the music though, because like I feel like a lot of people get stuck on like being about jazz and being about music when before you said it just plays out like a sports film like Mm -hmm. it it plays out a certain way where like you don't even have to know if they're doing the proper things that deserve praise or scolding Mm. because like the character of jk simmons whether whether miles teller's character is is doing a good job or not jk simmons character has no grounds to be that like be that abrasive Um, with him one one interesting thing that the the video i watched mentioned as well is that like any character who speaks isn't playing their instrument perfectly um whereas like all the other ones are because um you know like the other ones it's like just come in you just have to sit there and play your instrument but if you have uh, like speaking lines you need to be in the actors guild and it's like you're an actor first and pretending to play the instrument second um but he said like, like things like that are just like I'm the you know it's like I'm the nerd about it, so I, I you know I, yeah. I understand that most people won't pick up on that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I always following on from what you said, Emily, and um, what I was saying earlier about the sports film thing is that like I always point to this 
as an example of good direction because it's like who gives a fuck about jazz drumming yeah. but yeah. it's like <laughs> it's it's a it, exactly it's about jazz drumming which is like it's such a a niche thing um and then Lameo, nobody cares <laughs> and then on but it's like yeah it plays out it's, it's structured like a sports movie and... but it feels mm. like a fucking horror movie yeah like, yeah. I, like every single time i watch this the last when the, as soon as the credits roll i realize oh my god i haven't taken a breath in like 15 minutes because <laughs> yeah. it's just it's so tense but yeah and it's like that's that's what direction is it's like it's it's yeah. how you feel while watching the film um is like that's the director's job to craft that yeah, mm. like I, I, I've never been one to really side with Miles Teller. <laughs> but like, <laughs> this movie makes me want him to punch J.K. Simmons in the face, you know, yeah, yeah. or do that via a drum solo. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. it's pretty nice. cool that it's directed that way. Um, and to bring it back to the 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 short film discussion at hand, I think the direction is real slick in in both examples. So this mm. is to me, other than you know, as you said, the the performance being more refined this to me this is a one-to-one comparison Mm. um it's it's just a scene from the movie um the movie overwrites the short film in this case which i wouldn't yeah the short film is no longer canon yeah um yeah it is interesting as well um it's worth mentioning so this is um blumhouse the like the horror Mm. studio made whiplash i forget um, sometimes they do good things <laughs> yeah well, must do great things don't they or the, they either do real good things or things you're not gonna see well they, they do like pulpy <laughs> horror movies or like real yeah. shitty pulpy horror movies <laughs> <laughs> and whiplash is was like for a long time was there like from the studio that bought new whiplash please <laughs> right, like right. Whiplash. um and so i think it was Ma- like jason Ma comes out and it's like from the studio that bought you whiplash <laughs> um uh yeah jason blum essentially I think like the the script came across his desk and it was like maybe wasn't ready to take the risk just yet because they were kind of building their name as a studio. But he, um, Blumhouse and Right of Way Films, um, you know, helped be like okay maybe we can because it, it is a proof of, proof of concept essentially more than a short film like you yeah. said um, that it's like okay pick you know, choose fifteen page get fifteen pages from the script we'll turn it into a short film and then let's see if we can get people mm. behind so i think it's probably like it probably played at sundance being like this is a scene from my screenplay whiplash you know yeah. um right. does anyone want to make it yeah okay well that's more interesting because i as i said at the start i well, i was trying to like how does this work trying to figure out how does this work as its own short film mm. yeah. and if, if it was shown under the context that it yeah i don't know that it necessarily yeah. was shown under that context but you'd have to imagine right. it was yeah, in some way yeah all right. Which, yeah, it's just interesting that like the film is about obsession, someone having crazy ambition, even faced with the advers- ad- adversary of bring me pictures of Spider Man, mm-hmm. and then like uh, the director is going through the exact same thing, where he's like, "I have a vision, yeah. I want this to be made, and I've, I'm going to have to make a short film to do that." Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how to play drums. And I don't even, yeah, who gives a fuck about drums? <laughs> uh, cool. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to the final film we're going to talk about tonight mm-hmm. and or today, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this outside of time. I don't know. And, and you're listening uh, to this on the land before time. <laughs> uh, the other film we watched was Yes, God, Yes, which is a... Uh, film uh, the so the short film came out in 2017 and it, it stars Natalie Dyer both both the short film and the feature film star Natalie Dyer who plays Nancy in Stranger Things um, and it's essentially about the uh, a a young Catholic schoolgirl who is having in the midst of like a sexual awakening um, and is questioning uh is this okay should i be feeling this way when her, her catholic school is telling her no you, you know you've got to save sex to a marriage and and you can't masturbate um and she you can't toss anyone's salad yeah you can't <laughs> toss someone's salad and it's it's sort of her going through these like confused feelings and then the short film ends while on while being while talking to like the father the priest the father the yeah. he's like the to, principal to of the catholic school the father um he he leaves the room briefly to go get something and his screensaver pops up and porn is on his screensaver because it's saved to his computer and then she goes home chucks on titanic and just Rubs goes to just town. fucking goes handy. Out, um, um, yeah. and it's to, to me i really like the short film because to me it's 
especially having grown up in a religious yeah. background to me it's like all those feelings you have that you're worried that you're the the sexual deviant and you're this evil gross little cretin <laughs> bro everyone fucking yeah. is doing it yeah. everyone is horny yeah. and um i think that was a really effective uh short film but in, in in comparison to cargo in the case of yes god yes i actually do think this is uh not necessarily improved but um like the feature film doesn't feel like it's it stretching sense, out yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's stretching out those core components. Because if I have any criticism of the short film, it's that the start happens, then sort of it feels like something else needs to happen, mm. but nothing happens, and then the end happens. Yeah, I, I would like say... Um, yeah, the, the film has a little bit of the... Um, feels like something else needs to happen. It's quite a short film, and it feels mm. like it could do with another 15, 20 minutes. But yeah. th- this one's interesting because watching the short film three years ago when it came out i was like this just feels like a scene from something like it it feels Mm, like i haven't seen the whole story where like Mm. similar to whiplash but um and very different from cargo but it was like yeah i was like well where's the rest of it (laughs) absolutely yeah Um, and and, and i actually thought because because how long is the short film it's like eight nine ten minutes and so i was like i thought oh it must be a 20 minute short and i've only just seen a preview of it and like, right. um, oh, really? and so for a long <laughs> With a time, full actually, story probably, arc, probably, probably until <laughs> probably until this week, I was like, I thought I'd only seen part of the short film, but I'd actually seen right. the whole thing. Um, yeah. So with with um the short film, the in in a similar way to Whiplash, the scenes that are replicated in the feature film are almost beat for mm. beat, right down to like the individual words selected. Some of the actors are different, the locations are a bit different, um, but it's it's beat for beat the same thing. But it's instead of Whiplash where it's like you're watching an unbroken 20-minute section yeah. from the film, the um short film compared to the movie for for um yes god yes is sort of like you see the beginning of the film you see maybe a third of the way in and then you see the end yeah and the the feature version has those those scenes in it and then there's this whole new concept of them going to a a retreat you know a bible camp essentially to to get pure um where a lot of the same beats kind of like emotional beats kind of happen to her there and then it ends with the exact same scene of her just rubbing one out to titanic <laughs> um, it, it's it's set in the, the late 90s as well I early 2000s oh, early 2000s so that it, is it, but based on the piece. phone technology it's different it's right different but um yeah it's um yeah it's interesting i i felt weird about this film because i thought that the the short was a cool idea and being and knowing that it was being made into a feature film, I was kind of excited to see that. However, I couldn't get over the the creepy cult that she was a part of. And <laughs> Catholicism. Like, um, <laughs> like, genuinely, it made me... And it's like, I know, because uh, reading the Reddit discussion thread for this film, every single comment is, oh my God, I grew up Catholic. This is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was like, th- there's stuff that I understand, like, I understand these concepts, but fuck it's creepy to see like these 16 year old <laughs> girls be like you better go tell father you want to masturbate and it's like yeah. how fucked up is that like <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's so like terrifying like, you could change <laughs> nothing about this film and be like she's in a she's in a weird fucking sex cult yeah that like there's no escape too. from yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's midsummer it's the sequel to midsummer yeah. um but yeah like and it's genuinely like the film made me so uncomfortable yeah. um that yeah it, it, and not not even from just like the watching a 16 year old girl um masturbate with a broom <laughs> but it's like that's just... such a good scene that was so funny um but yeah it was like um and then also there's a bit when like this is like a personal thing of mine but there's a bit where she's uh, forced to clean the kitchen and she um and there's a bunch of like food in the sink and she has to scoop it out that is like (laughs) one of my pet peeves i like food in the sink is like the (laughs) grossest fucking thing i can think of and she has to like hold it in her hand for like a a scene (laughs) and it was like it made my skin crawl and it's like yeah this film just like did not sit right with me um, because yeah, religion, all religions are yeah. the same and they're all weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine if, uh, 
you had been a 16-year-old girl before who had had a sexual awakening watching Titanic. <laughs> Imagine how weird and uncomfortable you would feel watching it. <laughs> because you... And we, can, we can cut this out if, if you feel it's too personal, but so many things happen. When did you start masturbating? This- <laughs> <laughs> no, so many things happen in this movie and you you the, the laughter you gave it yeah. was like, Emily gets this in a way that I definitely don't. <laughs> And no. like, like when when she goes to to masturbate to Titanic, you were like, "Why would you go in from the top of the skirt? <laughs> you got a skirt. This easy entryway, but I get it. It was for you know. It looks more, better on film. Yeah, it looks yeah. more That's cinematic so going in from the top. But um, uh, yeah. So me and me, it's funny. We've got we've got a, a spectrum here where Richard <laughs> didn't get it at all. Emily got it from the female perspective, and I got it from like the religious background yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, it's is, not that is, I didn't get it. Fun. It's just that it makes me no, uncomfortable. Just, yeah, just unfamiliar. <laughs> but it, just to yeah. clarify, it's the religion that makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> and not the female masturbation. And, and, and I love the female masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but like speaking from a a more objective kind of film perspective. Um, it is cool, but I didn't love it as much as I thought I probably would. Um, mm-hmm. so the film, um, the discovering her discovering father watching porn happens differently yeah. where she, it's the scene where she's actually holding the gross sink food in her hand. <laughs> You're like, it's the scene where she's holding the, <laughs> the gross sink food in her hand. Um, and she ends up in like a, a closet and sees him presumably masturbating to the porn because we see him yeah. reaching into his pants but it cuts away um, and he's like full on watching porn it's not just she sees it on his computer yeah. and then at the end of the film she's like I, I, I have to confess one of my sins um which is like a weird thing that you have to do i guess um, okay for the record week, i was man. raised protestant you don't have to confess anything <laughs> you don't have to confess shit as a protestant um, and that is why my like creepy religion is better than this creepy religion um yeah and and she can't she says oh, i watched people have sex and she describes the porn that he watched and he's like oh and then the film and then it cuts the like titanic masturbation scene but it's like it, it feels like um, you know, the whole film is like building up to um, all these dominoes falling in a revenge plan. And we see her <laughs> flick the first one um, and then the film just ends. And it's like, I want to see the rest of the dominoes fall. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, she does. Um, she does uh, convict a young boy who's been spreading rumors about him <laughs> and her. Um, she she frames him for um going on dirty chat sites yeah. on the on the um but I, I don't know I, I just kind of i think i'll just like another five ten minutes of just the next day at school like is what i wanted to right. see right. We, like i wanted to see more of the and i guess it kind of is like not not a, like an ambiguous ending but it's the promise of more with her masturbating to, to titanic <laughs> that she's like hmm. taking charge of her sexuality but Exactly, and I think that's also something admirable about both the short film and the feature film is that I'm not going to say it's not anti-Catholic because mm. it kind of is, but it's not in a way where by the end of the film she realises Catholicism is wrong. It no. yeah. ignores that that angle and is more like, it's not that Catholicism is wrong, it's, it's that owning your sexuality is, right. is perfectly okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do just want to like, because, because you know, you talk about being raised Protestant, I went to a youth night, a, like a youth group, twice. Mm. <laughs> oh, um, shit. So I do understand a little bit. <laughs> That's all. Like, so I think I'm, I'm qualified to I, speak yeah, on the down. subject. Um, I got your whole philosophy yeah, down on this too. It was like, it was just fun, you know, like one night a week. I mean, I did it like, yeah, like literally two or three times. Um, and But then there was like the weird bit at the end where they're like, all right, everyone, hold hands and pray yeah. or whatever. Mm, and um, favorite bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the and the and the youth leader who's like, "Hey, bro, you remind me of me." Yeah, oh, like- <laughs> those moments they were just like they were because like I mean I haven't had as much of a religious background as you, AJ, but like I think I've piggybacked off yours a bit since <laughs> we've been friends for so long. Like, there's there's been moments like Easter camp, <laughs> and mm. like um, going to youth groups, like you said, and like you know shit like that. You those moments in the film where they have the different people that you see at youth group, it was just like, oh, this is painfully real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I didn't experience a lot of the the kind of creepy stuff as a, as a Christian, but I'm also a man, and I presume <laughs> that the men get a, a lot less creepy uh, growing up. Uh, in yeah, church 100%. Because, I think that, that, that's because, kind of... 
kind of touched on in the film, but it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's baked into the language of the film that it's like a female sexuality and empowerment is kind of a, a longer mm. road. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and um, Natalia dies. I want dies to be sexually empowered too. Natalia <laughs> dies performance in them, <laughs> in both the short and the, um, the film is great as well. I thought, mm-hmm. um, yeah. She does a great job of being like because the actress herself is is gorgeous, but mm. she does a good job of playing like, um, she like she's she's still like pretty in the film, but you can understand why this person would be like self conscious and she's like a little bit awkward, mm. and it's not just like yeah. the the Netflix thing of like yeah let's just have some supermodels done up. <laughs> yeah. And then just, mm. you know, they go, oh, my God, I hate the way I look. You know, it's yeah. like she did. She like the way she holds herself embodies that kind of lack of confidence yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought it's like did a good job of making the casting match the character. Yeah. She's the she's the J.K. Simmons of the film. I think <laughs> yeah. We can all agree. Um, cool. Any more thoughts, guys? On have we learned anything today on the differences between short films and their feature film? Is, is yes, God, yes. Like, do we know anything about the story of how that started as a short? Like, was it a short that then they were like, "Oh, let's make this a feature," or was it a feature that they took a scene from? Because, uh, like, it- if you'd asked me, I would have just said like they made the feature and then released a couple of scenes from it yeah. and a deleted scene as the as a short film, like. I didn't well, the, notice um, any difference between the scenes that are in the film and the short film. Yeah. Well, I know that the um the director of it, she also made Obvious Child. Yeah, she she actually wrote that, yeah. Yeah, and then and then also the short film for that. So maybe that's just her process. Yeah. She makes a short film first as a proof of right. concept. Like, like she, she just starts writing and once she's got yeah. like, she's like, oh, this is going to be a feature. But once she gets like a dozen pages, she's like, well, I'll just make this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could, I don't know, it could just be a, kind of a more depressing story that like as a woman she can't get a yeah. feature film made so she has mm. to make these proofs of yeah i liked my fun one though no <laughs> <laughs> because well i think that um that the framing device is pulled out of the short film because yeah. the framing device of the movie is that they're at a camp yeah, yeah and there's the like question the first thing yeah yeah there's that whole thing so the the short film is almost like it's the emotional beats yeah. condensed, um, whereas the, the feature film is allowed to sit. Yeah, that, that's an interesting way of putting it, actually, because it's like you, you're taking the emotional arc of the film and condensing it into how many minutes it is, whereas Cargo is you're taking the, like, it's the um the it's masculine the versus feminine storytelling. Mm. It's like mm. this is the feminine storytelling um. Uh, condensed whereas cargo was the masculine storytelling condensed and that yeah, it's yeah. like we see a, 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 the masculine and feminine you know more about it than i do aj do you want to yeah so essentially <laughs> um yes god yes is the thematically both the short film and the feature film are the same thing thematically they communicate the same idea whereas cargo is um practically they communicate the same idea but what cargo the feature film is thematically about is much more rich and yeah developed than well i meant more film. to i was throwing to you to explain masculine versus feminine oh well mas- so masculine <laughs> is the stuff that that happens in the external feminine is the stuff that happens on the internet yeah and so, that's some person's theory of film brian mcdonald yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple of times, but not nearly enough to be that vague and like about it and not explain it immediately. Just dip it in. So yeah. I apologize. For uh, that. But yeah, like it's yeah, it's it's the the internal condensed, whereas yeah, it's mm. like yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, well, hey, um, I'm keen to know what people listening thought of either the short film or the feature film, or like if there's any kind of um recipe. Is there something you should do? Is there something you shouldn't do when when um translating a short film to a feature film yeah i don't know there's a lot of questions there and maybe we do just need to do a part two of this episode well it'd be interesting if we do a part two like if people because i know people are just like oh do this do this one because it's one i know of but like it would be cool to (laughs) if people know of like ones that have different stories from how they made um like from the story from going from a short to a a feature because that to me is the most interesting thing to explore well, um, another another one actually that we could do 
in a part two would be um, District 9 is based on Alive in Joburg, which was yeah. a, a news piece. And I wonder if that's got a well, different story behind it. it's not a real behind news behind piece. But... Uh, no, yeah. of course <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, so I wonder if there's something in there. So so once people have suggested is like whip, uh, Whiplash. We just do Whiplash <laughs> again. Um, so uh, Napoleon Dynamite, what we do in the shadows. What did other yeah. people suggest? There was like... Um, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> can you think of any others, Emily? Mm, no. No? We doesn't can... matter. Oh, um, there's a New Zealand one. Um, <laughs> Gary of the Pacific oh, is God. based on Only Sun. We got a good, we got a good backstory. Is that based yeah, on Only Sun? <laughs> yeah, it's based on Only Sun. Wow. And, and as much as... Um, it has the same about, actor in it. <laughs> it has the same actor in it, and it's about like him communicating with his dead dad. Oh, wow, well, I had no idea. The, the rest oh, yeah. is basically... Yeah, made yeah. you know from scratch uh yes yeah, so thank you very much for listening everybody um i hope you enjoyed it and um please stick around for our post credit scene after the music playing right now comes to a close and if you liked this episode then you can um like follow and subscribe to us on all the social medias um and also join our discord where all the conversations yeah. happen all the social um, medias check us out on that one that only Zack snyder uses Oh, what's that one? I don't know. There's no, that, one. that one. There's some no one social it. media that like, it's like, oh, Zack Snyder released still from the Snyder Cut yeah. on like yeah, yeah. Uh, some shit. fucking thing that it's like. Find us. Is he yeah. the only person that uses this? <laughs> Subscribe to us on the Jeremy Renner app. <laughs> no, that's oh. shut down now. Oh, no. What about Quibi? I've missed the whole Quibi thing. I don't know. It's what not Quibi a social is. media, but Vera it's almost is gone. the, um, uh. is his, um, thing. Well, hey, I'm keen to know what people think, so drop your thoughts below. (laughs) And um, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Check us out on Vero Insurance, New Zealand. Welcome along, everybody, to our post credit scene. This is a scene brought to you by our Patreon, where if you donate $5 or more, you can give us a little topic to talk about. Uh, Richard, how are you? Good. Um, so this question comes from our good friend Nadeshta Sim, who's on our Patreon, and she asks, what do you guys think is the most perfect piece of casting ever? Uh, someone who will play the ro- role so well that literally no one else could top or even match their performance. Here are a couple of mine in case you need some inspo. Robin Williams in Aladdin, Jim Carrey in the Ace Ventura films, Florence Pugh in Little Woman, Francis McDormand in Three Billboards, and Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name. Those are real interesting examples because yeah. I agree. Robin Williams, Aladdin, sure. Jim Carrey, yeah, no one else could do Ace Ventura. I don't know if I agree with Florence Pugh and Little Woman. I don't know if she owns the role in the same way Tony Stark own or Robert Downey Jr. owns Tony Stark. She's good at it, but I don't know. If I think no one it's else just that, like, because she's one of the most hated characters in literary history. Um, right. literary history. Um, and she kind of made her sympathetic, and so it was like the 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 mm. first person to actually uh bring something else to the role. Um, where you make her feel right. like she's a fully realized character, which I guess is in part to Greta Greta Gerwig's script and direction mm. as well. But um, mm. yeah, Frances McDormand and then three billboards, and um, I, I like that she's included some original characters as well because there's obviously the ones that the the fucking the top answers when the, when this gets answered on asked on Reddit are always Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, um, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider Man movies, and um, often Hugh Jackman as Wolverine as well. Um, and it's like you know these these the comic book answers feel so obvious because it's like you know you see a person drawn on the page and when you and, and like when you've got so much mm. to to build off already um and and even something like timothy chalamet and call me by your name where it's, it's you know interpreting something from a book that like people could have read and then been like wow um but one example that i always think of and it's like it might not be you know i'm sure someone else could play it um, amazingly but it's such a brilliant casting is anna faris and the scary movie movies um oh yeah she's so interesting choice she's so good in those movies and it's like it's it's Mm. it's, uh, yeah it's like her whole personality is a parody of um 
you know the type of person that would be like you know sydney prescott and um and scream and it's like yeah it's anna ferris as if you made a parody of like a a movie star <laughs> like um but she just plays yeah, like the, yeah, that's good the dumb blonde so well um and yeah mm. th- those those movies are just like because even she, she, yeah. like her, her it's a it's a weirdly underrated performance i think she, she's always um very enjoyable to watch in those movies and then you watch like ashley tisdale come in and try and do it in the fifth one and you realize like oh this is actually like you know the, the, it, it's the you have to be intelligent to play dumb properly like and you, you realize that um, the amount of work that's actually going into anna ferris's performance yeah man that's a good point and it's almost like she was a a strong female franchise character in a time before people were really like openly um looking for that and supporting that like it almost seems it seems like it would be the more obvious choice to make the main character in a scary movie movie um a man than a woman because they're very dude bro kind of sex comedies but anna faris is like she's great in them and she's not particularly she's not like a victim of the like sex jokes and stuff like that either Mm. like she's just her own character that isn't like compromised um well, maybe we need to do, maybe we need to need to make something that truly celebrates Anna Faris as like a a, a female icon of the <laughs> the two thousands. Um, but yeah, that's my kind of go to left field choice. Mm. Uh, do you have any that you nice? Oh, um, none as cool as what you just said. I'm trying to think of my um. Mm, I might just cut it there. I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 